Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hi. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. This is a show for entrepreneurs the people that really have the ability to change the economic fortunes, the people who will kickstart the economic recovery and build high-paying, high-skilled jobs that are suitable for the 21st century. You know, I'm really proud to host a program that informs and educates small business and startups like yourselves and show you how to avoid making the same mistakes that those of us who went before you made. When I look back over the last 40 years of business and a lot of them in startups and I think of all the mistakes that I made and how easy they would have been to avoid had somebody educated me about them, I would, um, I think it's very important that you get mentors and that you listen to some of these errors. Now there's nothing more rewarding or invigorating than becoming an entrepreneur. You know, you control your own destiny. Well, sort of. And you have the flexibility of changing anything that isn't working and creating better solutions. And I've got a great example of that on the program today. You know, it's a real rush when your family believes in you and supports you with that first bit of cash. It's never enough, but it's always a great start. And then when your friends encourage you and help you take that next step and you get that first loan from the bank or the first investor comes in, and then when your product finally becomes a reality. Being an entrepreneur makes you feel alive. It makes you realize that you, as a single person, can really make a big difference, that the world really is your oyster. You know, problems in Europe, grim economic and employment reports, the Facebook debacle, all put pressures either real or imagined, on budding entrepreneurs. You need to ignore all this negative news. There's always going to be negative news because that sells newspapers. But there's also a hell of a lot of really great stuff happening in the world. They just don't report it. So turn off that bloody TV and go back to doing what you love and what you're best at. You might remember that Last week, somebody asked me whether this was a good or a bad time to start a business due to the world economy. Well, the answer is that there's no bad time. Any time's a great time to begin a business. 
There is always capital for a great idea and always loads of successful people who want to help you make it. But no matter what challenges face us, no matter what tribulations you have to go through to be successful, being an entrepreneur is still one hell of a lot better than having a so-called real job. Most real jobs suck. However, it's also amazing how real entrepreneurs always see opportunities, even in storm clouds. I belong to an incredible group of entrepreneurs in LA called METAL, which stands for Media, Entertainment and Technology, and we meet every Saturday morning for four hours. I've only been going for a few weeks, but I've met some incredible people and people that have rallied around and want to help. And just being around people who are constantly seeking out opportunities, who are perpetually positive, who genuinely want to help everybody else in the room, well, it's inspiring. I come home Saturday afternoon after metal and I'm floating on air. I do my best work Saturday afternoon. Now, I constantly get emails from entrepreneurs across the world, and today I received one from a lady named Suzanne Hall in New Zealand. And I think this shows what entrepreneurship is all about. Suzanne writes, I've had two startup businesses, the first being Living Nation Natural Skin Care, which I began when I was 22, and ended up selling product in 14 countries, including the US, and reached a $20 million turnover. But we went through massive startup problems and it took us 10 years before we made our first profit. And then she sold out and did very well. But 10 years, that's a lot of struggle and a lot of people would have been tempted to give up. But now Suzanne's new business is BE Intent and its aim is to inspire, motivate and help people to get more out of each day. I've never met this girl. I haven't spoken to her on the phone, but I love her. She is a true entrepreneur, and her website is www.beintent.com. I must admit, I haven't looked at it yet, but I plan to after the show. So good on you, Suzanne. That's fantastic. Too many entrepreneurs give up too easily. Too many entrepreneurs believe their own bullshit. Being a startup is generally hard work. And it takes a belief in yourself, positive energy, a lot of collaboration, and most of all, persistence. Now, contrast that with an email I got during the week from a guy named Gary Bate in England, whose email says, Generally speaking, investors are not visionaries. Investors are full of broken promises. Investors are not risk takers. Investors are too focused on numbers. Investors are too focused on deal, doing a deal. And investors are information gatherers. I have wasted far too much time and money dealing with investors. <laughs> wow. You know, my, my first reaction is to question whether Gary's really an entrepreneur, whether maybe he's just had a run of bad luck, or maybe he's just a miserable bastard in the first place. However, with an attitude like that, I rate his chances of success pretty low. He sounds like the type of guy that doesn't take advice 
and is full of his own importance. Because on the contrary, Gary, I know literally dozens of entrepreneurs who've enjoyed great success and owe a lot of that success to their early investors. Not only for the funds, that's only part of it, but also for the advice they provided. A majority of the startups and successful business people that I know are thankful the investor worried about pesky things like numbers (laughs) and doing a deal. An entrepreneur needs to stick to his belief, needs to listen to advice. Now, you don't have to accept it. And you need to always be commercially minded because ultimately you've got to sell whatever it is to somebody. Now, whether you're a conservative, a liberal, a moderate, libertarian, there is no denying that in America now there is a massive wealth gap. I bet most of you didn't realize that the U.S. currently ranks fourth in income inequality in the world. We're behind Chile, Mexico, and Turkey. As any student of history will tell you, this level of inequality eventually encourages unrest. And as I've said over and over again on this program, it's not the government or the Fortune 500 companies that are going to create jobs and grow this economy. It's entrepreneurs that grow wealth and put people to work in interesting, exciting jobs. You know, not jobs like putting screws on bolts. These are jobs for the 21st century. So we need all of us collectively to encourage entrepreneurship. We need entrepreneurship education in schools. It can help with youth unemployment and improve low-income communities. The impending changes to the crowdfunding laws, which I'll talk about shortly, are a great beginning, but much, much more needs to be done. I've spoken previously about a couple of ideas to encourage entrepreneurs. Firstly, 16% of college students commence companies whilst in college. Now, these kids have to be encouraged. Why not give them a grant if they meet certain parameters? Perhaps their student loans could be forgiven if they reach a higher set of parameters. Remember, Apple, Microsoft, Facebook, Best Buy, Virgin, Dell, Ralph Lauren and a million more were all started by college dropouts. We have got to encourage these entrepreneurs. A lot of people, including me, think there should be a tax on the 1% mega rich. But this tax should not go into consolidated revenue where it's going to get swallowed up in a heartbeat. It should be used as grants and extremely low-cost loans for entrepreneurs. It should be used to set up centres of excellence where the successful mentor young entrepreneurs. To make this country great again, we need to give entrepreneurs all the tools they need to make their dreams a reality. And I want to say a special hello this week to the students from all over the world who are working with Tim Draper at the Draper University for Entrepreneurs in San Mateo, California, throughout this month of June. The program has 40-odd educators and 20 or so students, one of which happens to be my son, Hunter, who I spoke to just before the program, and he is absolutely loving it. 
Incidentally, it was Tim's birthday yesterday, and I met him actually on his birthday a number of years ago, the first time we met. And uh, so, Tim, I know you're probably not listening, but if you are, I hope you have a fantastic birthday. We need to give our congratulations to Tim. This is a great initiative, and we need a lot more of this type of product. Time magazine ran a wonderful article a couple of weeks ago on why every school in America should teach entrepreneurship. The article talks about Jabias and Anthony Williams, who lived with eight other family members in a small apartment in a violent Washington, D.C. neighbourhood. Every day they walked miles to pump gas for tips and they earned 30 bucks or so, which they gave to their mum. They joined an entrepreneur class at a high school in Maryland and their background on the streets had given them all the ingredients that they needed for success. They had independence, grit, salesmanship and street smarts. They started a hip-hop clothing line with the support from a local VC and a volunteer. Today, they're both successful and Anthony heads up a youth mentoring program. Without the entrepreneurship program, they would still be on the streets. Now, that is a great news story. So the question becomes, if these programs can create jobs, get kids to stay in school and help revitalise low-income areas, why aren't we promoting this in every school in America? What the hell is wrong with us? The government says they want to help the underprivileged in America. Every successful entrepreneur I know is only too eager to give both time and money to help other entrepreneurs. So why hasn't it happened? Youth unemployment across the country is 16 to 25%. It's time for us to act decisively. And teaching entrepreneurship at high school is one giant leap in the right direction. It's important not to forget that being an entrepreneur can be a lemonade stand when you're 10, can be opening a dry cleaner, a dog walking company. It doesn't have to be inventing another Microsoft. The one major issue that we need to address is the amount of negativity that's around today. The banks are negative, the government's negative, big business is negative. No one wants to find real solutions. Everyone wants to maintain or gain power. So we need to change this. We need to get big business inventive again, being positive again and hiring again so that we can put this recession behind us and grow the economy. I'm Bob Pritchard. I'll be back in a moment with my first guest. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. 
Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore. Or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Well, this is a segment of the show where we have a chat to people who make a difference to business, whether it be startups, early stage, or even mature businesses. You know, every week I talk about how it's not going to be our broken down political system that reduces the deficit or puts people to work. It's entrepreneurs that are going to do that. And being successful in business is difficult. There are a lot of hurdles to jump. And what entrepreneurs need is both mentors and funding. Uh, too many entrepreneurs think that funding's the answer, but really, Mentoring is the most important thing in my mind, and funding comes second. Today's guest does more for business in both of these categories, both in mentoring and funding, than almost anybody else in the country. Bernie Dorman is chairman of CEO Space International, which is the largest support organisation for business owners, and he's the inventor of Super Teaching, a Title I technology for public schools that greatly accelerates retention. Now Barry's in high demand as a speaker for not only corporations but for countries. I've got to talk to him about how to do that. <laughs> um, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to Bernie is that about a month ago we talked about crowdfunding on this program and received a great response. Most people didn't know that it existed. Now there's currently a bill going through Congress which I believe will be a huge boost to entrepreneurs in this country and one of the people primarily responsible for that bill is Bernie. And I caught up with Bernie in his hotel room in San Diego. Hi, Bernie. How are you? Well, I'm glad to be with you. It's a beautiful day with the uh, the the overcast burning off, and it's not quite Sydney, Australia, but it is beautiful in San Diego today. Well, I love... I've been in uh, L.A. for 25 years, and I just love the climate here. I could do with maybe a fraction more rain just to keep things alive and clean, but apart from that, it's beautiful. Um what, in your opinion, will um, crowdfunding mean for entrepreneurs? Well, the President Obama thanked my partner, the Governor of Florida, personally in Tampa, Florida, two weeks ago for our work on the Jobs Act of 2012. And in 60 days from this radio show, the Securities and Exchange Commission will release the first part called General Solicitation, which means that a private placement of stock or debt in a 506 offering, for instance, uh, which you can look up at sec.gov under 506, you can raise millions and millions, and you're going to be able to advertise in the newspaper, have seminars, um, actually uh, speak to groups, uh, do email blasts, have a website. You're going to be able to do things you couldn't do before. It's going to open up floodgates of money. In fact, every lawyer listening needs to heads up and uh, you know, ideally, um, <clears throat> I wish it could all be Friday on the uh, 25th, 
inside our Vegas convention because as lawyers, we have Raul Campos, who's on the economic task force for President Obama. He was a he former helped. CC commissioner, right? He's a former commissioner with the Securities yep. and Exchange Commission, very knowledgeable. He's probably the most knowledgeable on crowdfunding that you could get from Washington, D.C., and he's teaching the first in-depth class for attorneys on crowdfunding and general solicitation so you know how these rules come down just as they're being released from the SEC. So you're doing it correctly and legally. But <clears throat> this is going to make it easier to raise money than it's been in 70 years, just absolutely off the chart. How much? What sort of an increase in, invest, in total investment do you think it'll generate? Well, you know, when you look at the numbers in crowdfunding alone, you're going to have a million crowdfunders. You're talking about a couple billion dollars coming into small business to expand, grow, hire. Remember, this is the Jobs Act of 2012 yeah. that President Obama signed, and the Republicans and Democrats overwhelmingly passed together in the House and the Senate. So this Jobs Act is the master plan for how to make America the entrepreneur nation. So if you have dreams, you can now get funding and have those dreams go to work. And we're finding at CEO Space, for instance, we can't keep up with what is coming where people are expanding their existing businesses, starting first-time businesses, are not trying to find a job. They're creating a job, yep. and they're creating a job for themselves, and they're doing their dreams. But the and reason they're creating, is... And they're creating the next generation of jobs for others. That's the most important thing, I reckon. Well, I can say it's never been easier. And our program, there's a film on our website called Show Me the Money, and you can look at the billions that have been raised for small businesses right inside CEO space. But I have to tell you, uh, it's a drop in the bucket to what's coming. They've, they've made it so that we have an automatic door. So before, we had to have keys and deadbolts, and we had to do a lot of work to open that door to money and to go get the money. And there's $2 trillion sitting on the sideline, Bernanke says at the Federal Reserve Board, waiting to invest in small businesses just like yours. Right. And I'm telling you, you're going to have money come at you like you haven't seen in a 100 years. In fact, if you miss the next 18 to 24 months to expand your business, to get financial underpinning in there for marketing, advertising, branding, building branches, uh, more locations geographically, going global, now is the time, as you've never had it in your life, to learn about crowdfunding, learn about general solicitation, which comes up in 60 days, and begin to use these new tools before everybody else is, and the ocean of money that's going to start to flow at you as you use these new tools that the Congress is giving you is going to open up the pathway where I have never seen a person fail in business where they come to me and say later, Mr. Dorman, we did it just like you said. We followed all the mentor advice, but I can't make it work. There's no way I can't make it work because I have too much money. I have too much money for lawyers. I have too much money for advertising. I'll just have to give it back. I can't make the business work. I've never seen you say that to me. It's never happened. You always say, if I just had enough money, I could do this or that. Now you can have enough money. Okay. I'm, um, I've got a couple of little projects that need half a million bucks. Where do I start? What's the first thing I do? When you look at the crowdfunding rules, which will be active in 2013, right. you will be in a position of going on a portal 
and taking a test for a very little bit of money, a little registration fee of around 100 bucks or so, and you'll be certified to do crowdfunding. Then you'll be able to go to investor lists, which you can get from uh, onesource.com or better yet, listgiant.com, and write that down, listgiant.com. You can outsource all of your marketing to listgiant.com, and we give you those kind of options at CEO Space so you can't fail. They'll get you investor lists you can go to by email. You can advertise in the Rob Report, in Inc. Magazine, in Entrepreneur Magazine, where investors are reading. You could advertise in the Wall Street Journal for investors. You can email blast, have websites for investors. This was precluded unless you were a public company. Now, what's the catch? You can only raise up to $2 million. You can, after $2 million, you have to follow a different set of rules. But even under those rules, for larger sums, you can still advertise. You can still go out and mass market. You just have to do it within the guidelines that are set up in all 50 states by the Securities and Exchange Commission on their website, sec.gov. And you can read the latest information at sec.gov on general solicitation, just search general solicitation, and search crowdfunding. And they report what they're doing exactly so you know from the horse's mouth what the rules are. So it's um, coming into effect... 2013. Well, the crowdfunding is. Now, general solicitation on private placements is coming into effect in July, and you're going to be able for the second half of the year to raise millions or tens of millions using the new rules on what's called general solicitation. It's going to be a blowhole for money coming right up our way. Now, that's but to be able to do that, you need to register with the SEC. Well, you file for $100, a five-page form that's called a Reg D form, and you can get that free by going to sec.gov and print it out. You can file it yourself or have an attorney do it, and now you're legal to make the offering, and you need to file the same form and pay a fee in the state the investor lives in. So if the investor lives in California, you file this one-time form with the state, and you just file it. All you need is proof that it arrived from FedEx, just a FedEx receipt, and you're legal to begin to operate in California or in Texas. And the rules for that regulation exemption for you to privately place your securities to give people the paper and they give you their money is very well expressed in the SEC Reg D section. You just go Regulation D and look at the rules. They're little bullet points. Anybody can read them, and it's not a mystery. In fact, we should teach this in high school. It's just amazing in our teen program how I watch these teenagers go out and raise hundreds of thousands and they do it with all the legal compliance and the adults seem to be stumbled and reserved and you know they put it off and it's like you don't have to put off raising money. It's not hard. The government wants you to raise money. They want you to hire people. They want you to create jobs and the rules to do it legally are not hard. You just have to learn them. So what um, if you're an investor a potential investor, what should you be looking out for when you see an ad, for example, in the Wall Street Journal? What, what, what should you be careful of? Well, you know, if it were me, uh, it's just what you said when you started the program. I mean, it's the, uh, the Pritchard rule. I mean, the mentors are the magic. I think if you look at who's mentoring that um, firm, you can pretty well see if your money's at risk or your money is uh, 
a lot safer. So in super high-risk ventures where you can make the most money possible, look at the mentor surrounding. All you need is three to five. If they have the right in-space mentors around them to help them go all the way, people with experience who have done it before, etc., you have really got, I think, risk reducers. So make sure that the party has uh, the reason businesses fail is one sentence. They have weak plans, weak teams, and lack resources to go all the way. If they have strong plans, strong teams, the mentors, and the resources to go all the way, they're unstoppable. And investors can sniff that out. They know. And that's where your money, where you put up a dollar, becomes a hundred. And that's where 10000 becomes a million. It's only in the venture space you can make that kind of money. And I think 20 30% of all portfolio wealth should be in circulation back in job creation in nation in venture space. I think you owe it to community. And here's the trick. Take your 30% and put no more than 10% of that in any one silo. So invest in nanotechnology, biohealth, alternative energy, agri-growing. Sure. Diversify. Don't concentrate your money. And you'll be safe and you'll look at your portfolio and find it funded everything else. Yeah, I've been um, I've been pushing over the last few weeks in my own small way. Um, tax on the one percent, bugger paying tax on the one percent to pay back the debt. Why don't we tax the one percent? The one percent, and I'm not I'm not picking a number, but let's tax the one percent, and all that money has to go back to entrepreneurs. Now, how we do that, I don't know, but even if it's a an additional two percent tax on on the top one percent, and all that money gets funneled back. Into You've read my new book. I you've, haven't actually you've read that. my new book. It's not even out yet. The Redemption, the Cooperation Revolution, and it implores governments to begin to um, do just what you're saying, where we think the opposite of what they're doing should happen, which is instead of charging money in California, like $1,200 to set up a corporation, they should do it free and online and instantly, because the tax base they'll get by having jobs and tax uh, payments made from income tax and inventory taxes is so great that they should remove the barriers to entry. And if they create a entrepreneur-friendly state, and the states that are more entrepreneur-friendly are stable, growing, have tax base that is uh, predictable, and they're solid, and the states that are entrepreneur-unfriendly are wondering how they're going to pay their bond payments. And, and I think the, um, the thing is that you get a... Uh, a Facebook that's been responsible directly and indirectly for the creation of 540,000 jobs and we're propping up people who screw wing nuts on bolts um, in industries that are gone and are never going to come back. I don't get it. Well, it, you know, from a political standpoint, uh, some of these states are in the cash 22. They don't have money and so they don't want to release any fees that they have now. But if they would just... Um, you know, prime the pump, they'd have a gusher coming out into their bank accounts. And so it's a little pound foolish and short-sighted. But entrepreneur policy, where just what you said, taxes go to support the entrepreneur. For instance, I think entrepreneurs should be having, investors should have all sorts of incentives for the first five years when they invest. Yeah. The companies might be income tax-free for five years as a corporation. They might have waivers on inventory tax for five years. So you can see these companies get solid, stay three to five years, and then become taxpayers for – because really the, the state receives their money from the income tax of the jobs created yeah. and do everything to create a job factory 
by making the nation an entrepreneur factory and every state an entrepreneur factory. We live in the age of the entrepreneur. Absolutely. And the Jobs Act of 2012 is the demarcation. It is the biggest supernova of new money and resources coming to small business and dreamers in the history of the United States of America. They just turned the light bulb on to full for you to get money for your dreams, and most of you don't know it. So become familiar with general solicitation and crowdfunding. Talk to your lawyers. Ask them how it's working, what the new rules are, and you will be amazed at how now the slide is greased to the money pool, and you can slide right in, but be early. Be first. Don't wait for everybody to do it. Get in early. Start in July. Get into your general solicitation. Make it happen for yourself. Bernie, thank you very much for your time. I wonder if you'd mind if I called you back uh, at the start of July or early July. Yeah, I'd love to give you an update. So we can have an update on that. Yeah, we're working with the Senate and the House and the regulators, so we'd love to give you an update. Fantastic. Now, if you'd like to find out more about Bernie and CEO Space International, go to www.ceospaceinternational.com, and I'll be back with more of the program in just a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for Entrepreneurs. Now, this is the part of the show where we interview ordinary people like you and I who have achieved extraordinary things. You know, the world's full of great ideas, but making those ideas a reality is difficult. And then turning that reality into a successful business becomes extremely difficult. Today, my guest is Jason Cadlick, who I met at Metal, an extraordinary gathering of successful entrepreneurs and business people that I belong to in Los Angeles. Jason has 10 years' experience working in the intersection of startups, internet technology, and the entertainment industry. In 2002, he began in the living room startup of a company called 
in grooves. Over five years, Jason and his team built one of the leading online distribution companies. In 2007, InGrooves took over all online distribution for Universal Music Group North America and continues to be the exclusive distribution technology for UMG. In 2008, Jason joined Topspin, a web-based direct-to-consumer marketing and e-commerce platform. Today, Topspin powers the e-commerce for artists like Lady Gaga, who got whacked on the head yesterday in a concert in New Zealand, Linkin Park, and Paul McCartney, among many others. In 2009, Jason founded DTF Works, which provided music marketing services, web design, and business management to artists, managers, and labels. During this time, he was also the instructor of the Berkeley College of Music online class, Marketing with Topspin. Now, if that wasn't enough, Jason's currently co-founder of CHNL, which is a social lifestyle platform for enjoying, discovering, and sharing content online. Wow, that's a pretty impressive lineup. Four startups in just 10 years. Jason, welcome to the Bob Pritchard Show. Uh, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. How are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, hard at work um, uh, on this new startup and, and really excited to be bringing it out into the public very, very soon. Great. Now, when I run through all these amazing credits, it seems like it was just one seamless success after another, but I'm sure that wasn't the way it was. If I can go back to InGrooves, that was started before iTunes and the other download services, so it was started before there was any real need for digital distribution, and then all of a sudden iTunes, Rhapsody, Napster, eMusic and other online retailers launched. So what did you do? How did you address that? Well, as soon as all of these retailers launched, it became really clear that uh, a pivot was in order for InGrooves. You know, we had already aggregated rights to license music primarily from uh, dance music artists and labels, and we were seeking to license that music to uh, for commercial use. Um, however, another commercial use that we just knew was going to explode was was iTunes. So we, we very quickly, um, you know, with a lot of hard work and also a little bit of luck in terms of being able to recruit the right um, people to build the technology, kind of all came together at the same time and really allowed us to, um, you know, to really grab a foothold in the aggregation distribution business. Right. It, you make it sound easy, but actually getting the right people is a skill and it's about knowing where to look and it's about having the um, influence and the idea to be able to attract people across. So don't sell yourself short on that. I don't, I don't believe in luck in these things. I think <laughs> as lucky as you make yourself. In this case, it really was. Uh, this, the CEO and founder, Rob McDaniels, happened to share uh, the same life insurance agent as the, uh, is the uh, CTO and current CTO of, of InGrooves named David Kent. And David Kent had um, you know, his background being the original uh, head of new technology for Napster, not the e-commerce uh, store, but the peer-to-peer network. Um, now, I, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying, that once the connection's been made, you've really got to be able to convince that someone with those kind of skills that uh, they want to come work for your startup and you want to make sure that they feel like they're joining something that's going to be successful. Yeah. So what do you think's the key in a startup? There, there's always multitudes of problems that you never foresee when you start. Well, um, you know, I think there's a couple of uh, really, really important keys. I mean, 
aside from getting the right people into the right roles, it's also having um, the kind of people who are really looking to tackle problems that they've never really had before and really thrive in those circumstances. Um, I didn't realize that I was that kind of person until I even started working for InGrooves. And uh, one day I came to work and I said, man, you know, we need to manage this business process. Who's got what assets, where all of our products are in the pipeline. And, uh, you know, I just kind of brought this up in a meeting and everyone looked at me like, that's your problem now. So I just, <laughs> you know, I said, oh, my God, it, it is my problem. There's like literally four guys in the room. They're, they've all got their hands completely full, um, including me when my hands are full. But this is literally my problem. And I was like, all right, I'm going to solve this. I'm going to come back to you guys and uh, uh, over, you know, I'm going to work on this over the weekend and, and I'm going to come back and, and have this thing solved. And I, I just literally uh, taught myself how to uh, use FileMaker and I built a, a custom CRM out of FileMaker over the weekend um, uh, and just sort of threw myself into it. And uh, there were, then there was a joke, uh, uh, you know, if, if anything went wrong, I could just make a button for it. But uh, actually, <laughs> it was true. It ended up being really, really valuable to be able to prototype um, what our CRM needs were and be able to really kind of uh, um, quickly iterate this product that we needed and let our engineers like David really focused on the core of the business, which was the distribution technology. Yeah. On the, on the rest of the program earlier, I've been talking about uh, how so many entrepreneurs think that um, if their product's good, they always think it's great, then that's all they need. And I keep saying to people, you know, the, having a great product is probably 10 to 15% of the battle. There's another 85% which is actually running a business successfully, which is extremely hard to do. And you do need to have all those disciplines behind the scenes. Otherwise, you will fall in a heap. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. You know, um, the, the, the having the right product really, you know, is so important. I mean, it's literally crucial when I did work as a, um, you know, as a marketing consultant, I, I kind of figured out that the, the biggest secret in marketing, uh, in terms of like, what's the one thing that your marketing can do well to, to succeed beyond, you know, everybody's expectations. And it, it, it's a little bit of a, of a joke, but the best thing you could do is have a killer product. Yeah. Uh, but if you don't have the, the team and the execution to back it up, um, uh, then, then you're right. Then it's just it's an idea is really um, not worth a, a lot more than the words th that describe it. It's really the team that can execute on it, um, and, and also the leadership. You know, another uh, company that I worked at, Topspin, I think really benefited from some amazing leadership early on. And um, you know, there's a book I read um, called Good to Great, and they explain a little bit about like kind of what makes the right kind of entrepreneurs, the right kind of leaders. That's and it's Collins' book. Uh, yeah, thank you, uh, Jim Collins' book. And, you know, I, I could kind of paraphrase the the ability to have the vision and to just believe that you're going to succeed against the odds. Yeah. But at the same time, having this sort of steely reserve to just look at it, the reality, and look at, you know, any kind of problems and just stare them down um, and, and not just drink, you know, your own Kool-Aid. Yeah. And at Topspin, you know, we had gone down a path pretty far on uh, on a product and, it was just after Ian uh, Rogers, uh, who is now in Stellar CEO, had joined the company. He really just looked at the product. He looked at the feedback we were getting from our first users and had to say, guys, we've got to, like, go back to the drawing board. Um, you know, the kind of artists we want to work with, like Paul McCartney and Lady Gaga, they're not going to be happy with the templates. And we'll spend so much time trying to make the templates so flexible 
what we really need to do are, are to build um, really more atomical, you know, a, um, atomic elements that can just be dropped into their sites so that we can deliver the hard parts like the streaming media, the e-commerce, the ability to acquire email addresses and let these artists do their own websites and really create a presence that's as unique as the artists are. And I think it takes a lot of, uh, you know, that steely reserve to, to just say, look, we've got to stop building this one product and take as much of it as we can and move it into what our customers really want. That's very difficult to do, isn't it? Yeah, it, yeah, it is, especially when all the engineers there have just like built this thing. We're real yeah. proud of it. And then, nope, we're just going to have to kind of toss it in the, in the, uh, to the side and, and roll forward. But, uh, again, um, important to have the right people on the team who can just sort of take that and say, you know what? You look at reality and all of a sudden, yeah. everyone knows it's right. So you just have the guts to, uh, to just plow ahead. And, and again, and that's the other side of just never losing faith that your team, uh, if you've got the right team, can uh, uh, can solve the problem, you know, even if your first uh, stab at is isn't is the right one. It's hard after you've worked all day, all night, no weekends, living on coke and crisps. It's hard to sort of stop and say, "Whoops, we're going the wrong direction. We need to change." That 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 really takes some chutzpah, doesn't it? Yeah, it, yeah, it really does. So it's it's important to have that kind of leadership and also everyone willing to uh, willing to be flexible. Yeah. In my job, there's no such thing as weekends. You you work when you need to work, and sometimes it's nights, and sometimes it's weekends, and you know you piss everybody off because you can't plan. <laughs> but after four startups, how do you keep yourself so motivated? You know, I think it's um, working with uh, companies and trying to bring products to market that I really believe in. And uh, when you're doing that, it, it you know it doesn't even feel like work. You know, I I just feel uh, not like. The, the company I'm working for, um, we pronounce it Channel, but I'm glad you said a CHNL so everyone knows where to find it at chnl.it. Um, and, and the reason I love working at Channel is because, you know, I really believe that our product is solving a need in the marketplace, one that I've been sort of tracking and feeling through all the different startups that I work at. And really, it, it's to solve the fragmentation that's happening around the web, meaning like content is now on so many different platforms, you know, YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and Tumblr, SoundCloud, and, and just on and on and on. So, you know, we waste so much time, you know, jumping from platform to platform. And what I really want to do as just a regular consumer is just have it all in one place and like a really beautiful and easy to understand user interface. Um, and so I'm already using our early beta product and I'm, I'm just so fired up on how much better my experience has been getting all the news and staying up on top of all the information. And now I still have even like a little more time left over to even dive into some of my uh, personal interests. I'm looking forward to having a coffee with you or, or catching up with you shortly and will show me how it all works. And uh, I'll, if it works for me, I'll plug it more. Uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> One of the things that um, I thought was interesting um, is that in your material you stress how important it is for startups to ask why. So I'll ask you why. Why? Well, um, you know, the, 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 exactly. You know, why? Why should? Why should this product even exist? Um, you know, and I think part of it is again, if you if something's just been bothering you personally, and you're like, man, there, there should be a a platform that solves this, you know, at another level for channel, we're also interested in connecting, you know, uh, the, the creators and the brands, uh, with the audience that wants that content, you know, we're all kind of like looking for, uh, for the right content and the, and the internet might feel like a billion channels with nothing on, but the truth is there's something on each one of those channels. I want to connect 
the right people with the right content and just make that more efficient so that everybody really finds what they're looking for. And there's a side benefit, really. It's the benefits to the people who are creating the content that they'll find their audience more quickly. Um, the other kind of why that you have to ask, though, when, you know, when you hit a snag or when a problem happens, you know, is, is when, when have you actually discovered that a, that a part of your business process might not be working, you know? Um, and, and that's where you ask why. And, and one of my uh, uh, business mentors related a story about how in, um, uh, in Japanese, you know, production assembly lines for automobiles, the guys, everyone is, is encouraged, you know, pull the cord if something's not right. And they come and they ask you, you know, okay, why'd you pull the cord? Okay, well, this isn't right. Okay, well, then they go, all right, well, where did that come from? And then they ask that thing. Okay, well, why wasn't it right? And they'll say something else. And sometimes it takes as many as five times going through that loop before you really can get down to the root of that problem. And, um, and definitely at InGrooves and at, uh, and at Topspin, that was just so critical for the execution, you know. You, you see a little thing come up, and, it's in, and everything's happening. It's, everyone's so busy. It's so easy to say, all right, well, Whatever that was, here's what you need to do to kind of like put a Band-Aid on that and just keep moving forward. But if you do take the time and you really start asking why and going backwards, like how do you know, how do, why did this problem even happen in the first place? And is there anything that we can learn from it? And is there anything that, that can go to basically make sure that that problem doesn't happen again? Because as a startup, you just can't afford not to execute. You can't afford to waste time um, on any problem that you could basically prevent from happening. So it's all about using uh, any kind of uh, issues that happen as, uh, as information coming back, that there might be something you need to address in your, um, either in your software or even in your business process that could be very, very preventative and can absolutely stop you know, things from being uh, worse later on. Sure. Jason, we've run out of time, but thank you very much for being on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show this evening. I really enjoyed speaking with you. I enjoyed meeting you the other day. And, uh, and if you'd like to know more about Jason, go to www.channel, that's C-H-N-L dot I-T, or contact me at bobpritchard.com, and I'll forward the information on to Jason. I'll be back with more of the show after this short break. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible bob pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight talking troubleshooter for fortune 500 companies and smes across the world Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore. Or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. 
To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking Business Show. Coming to you again from my hometown of Los Angeles, where once again this week the weather has been magnificent. We really appreciate all the emails that you send us each week, and uh, we really do do our best to answer all of them and to discuss the issues that you tell us you really want to talk about. I think the reason this segment's so popular is that irrespective of where in the world you're listening to this program, whether you have a big business or a small business, whether you're in finance, real estate, technology, or whether you're a plumber, we all have the same issues and can all benefit from the questions that listeners ask. One of the things that's really surprised me since I've been doing this show is how the same couple of dozen questions get asked over and over again by people right throughout the world. So every question, no matter who it's from or where it's from, is likely to be of help to all of us. My first email today is from Adrian Johnson from Illinois who writes, Dear Bob, I really enjoy your show and I've just ordered your new book from Amazon, so I'm looking forward to getting it in the next few days. But my question is, I have a business that employs 10 people and while things are not great, they are okay. Should I tread water until after the recession has passed or is now the time to be aggressive in the marketplace? Adrian, I think there's a huge opportunity for for small businesses who are aggressive and gutsy enough to get out there and invest now, market themselves and to grow big and fast. You know, try to hire temporary staff and consultants, only put on employees when it's essential and the work really justifies it, stay flexible and be able to adapt to opportunities that come your way. As we discussed a bit earlier, the bigger companies are all playing it safe. They're hoarding their money. They're not taking initiatives. And when you take into account mergers where companies rationalize the services or the products they offer, as well as consider the huge changes in behavior that's been brought about by technology, the opportunities for small, solid entrepreneurial companies, I reckon, is huge. So, Adrian, my view is that the time for small business to grow is now. So go out and grab yourself a big slice of your potential market. Adrian, since you've got a copy of my new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, How to Blitz Your Competition, I've forwarded you a copy of Marketing Magic, a book that discusses the marketing philosophies of myself, Brian Tracy, J. Conrad Levinson, and 17 other leading marketers. I'm sure you'll love it, and I'm sure that it will teach you a lot. I'm not sure that I will get through another another email. I think the next one is um, fairly complicated, so I'll answer that next week. But remember that the Bob Pritchard Show is here to help small businesses like yours to succeed. And if you're a regular listener to the show and are benefiting from the advice that my guests and I give you each week, please tell your friends to listen. Go to my website at bobpritchard.com and subscribe to my monthly newsletter. My June newsletter has only just been released and the feedback is terrific. So make sure that you receive a copy. Send in your questions, email me at bob at bobpritchard.com and follow me on Twitter, Facebook and Google+. I hope that you enjoyed today's show. I thought the two interviews were fantastic and I look forward to being with you again at the same time next week. 
So until next time, have a fantastic and successful week and go out and kick some butt. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.